Welcome, Internet, to the Pixel Play Podcast, your weekly podcast where we get together to discuss all the news, rumors, and discussions going on in the video game world. Some call us the best gaming podcast there is out there. Who are those people? Are they us? Maybe. Hard to say. This week's episode, we're going to be talking about the Gamescom uh, opening night uh, Jeff Keighley event that happened hours ago. We're going to talk about Sony getting sued for ripping off uh, developers through the PlayStation Store. We're going to be talking about Xbox firing back on PlayStation, uh, complaining about exclusivity and fighting to keep games off of Game Pass. And we're going to be talking about the shoveware problem that we have on a lot of e-stores. If you like that and you want to hear more, you could wherever you get your podcast by searching for Pixel Play Podcast or seeing us on YouTube or Spotify if you want to see our lovely faces while we do that. This week, I am joined by my newest co-hosts, Jin and Chris, who is covering for Adam, who's currently been gotten by the coronavirus. He's now working as technical producer behind the scenes and may jump in. But yeah, Jin and Chris, thank you so much for joining and taking over and auditioning for Adam's spot as host. Uh, yes, an audition. I knew it. My plan of slowly giving him COVID somehow and then stealing his role. It's working. It's working. Sending him letters and just licking the envelope and pen sending him. <laughs> this is just an empty envelope. What is this? Why, why is Chris sending me just empty envelopes? <laughs> and why is it moist? You know, it's bold of you to assume that I was even trying to take over this role like you're it's it's adorable to you that you think that you know this is a role that's you know like not up for grabs i've been trying to get out of this for a while because kaylin's been trying to replace me forever <laughs> yeah the problem is it's working. hard to replace you yeah At last and then we need you adam like clearly no none of us know how to press the red record button because we didn't have an episode last week that's true well somebody's got to do it i know yeah <laughs> this is why we keep you here because we have no idea what the hell we're doing not a clue um yeah so ladies and gentlemen if you are not familiar with uh chris's voice he is the co-host for our sister podcast cartridges and quarters where you can find them every saturday morning at 12 i guess saturday afternoon i guess 12 o'clock falls on noon technically but yes saturday at 12 uh get your ninja turtles pajamas on grab your cereal and you can check out the podcast every saturday morning as you watch your cartoons uh uh, Chris, where do you want to start? Do you want to start with Gamescom? Do you want us to talk about Sony? Where do you want to go? I say we hop right into Gamescom because it just, it, I mean, I just watched it like an hour ago, so it's fresh in my mind. <laughs> yeah, I think it's a good place to start. There's uh, a ton of games going through. Uh, I figured let's kind of like, I don't want to go through all of them because there's quite a bit of games, but let's go first. Uh, what were some of the big announcements? And then uh, we'll talk about our overall impression on it. So what kind of stood out to you as the exciting games that were announced? There was one near the end that I actually got the most excited for, which is funny because it's not it's one of the least exciting ones that was there. Can't mm-hmm. remember its name, which is how unexcited I guess I was for that one. Um, but it was a uh, amusement park simulator, kind of like Roller Coaster Tycoon, Planet mm-hmm. Coaster. Seemed like the exact same thing that we've already seen, but I'm a big PC like, you know, building corporation coaster amusement park simulator kind of management game Mm -hmm. i love those simulation games they're so much fun Uh, i'd actually just finished 100%ing two point campus off of pc game pass so for me it was you know i saw that and i was like oh this is this is exactly what i need more of i love when a new one comes out i get all excited for it until the 300 worth of dlc gets added on after the fact um but I would say that honestly was the biggest one for me, which is kind of, again, ironic because it's one of the least biggest of the announcements that were there today. Yeah. Uh, for me, uh, the one that kind of st- that caught my attention from a gameplay perspective, uh, Dune Awakening. I'm a, I'm mm. a Dune fan sucker. And with the movies and stuff, uh, I've been like reading the book. So I'm right in the Dune universe. I don't know how I feel about an MMO, but I feel like honestly... Did you ever read the books or did you watch the movie or anything, Chris? I have bought the first book, but I am yet to read a page. (laughs) It's honestly, it's my favorite book of all time. But yeah, uh, that world just makes so much sense for an MMO. Uh, So I don't know. It's it's got me in on the IP and it looks good. It looks interesting. So I'm down for that. But uh, we'll have to see what the gameplay turns out for. Uh, Some other ones that kind of stood out for me. uh, I kind of thought that the... um, 
what's it called the the one where you're like it's like in a theater or something like that um like a hack and slash that one was pretty neat the oh one yes I kind of, yeah it kind of had a neat like aesthetic and neat graphics sand is your wet sand um the atlas fallen one the one where like you're using sand and like controlling it that seemed kind of cool and follow my logic here i can kind of see getting like an infamous vibe from that in the yes. sense of like yeah where you've got this power you can kind of just drain it collect it i don't know we didn't see any gameplay but i kind of got weirdly an infamous vibe from it i don't know if yeah like, like, no i i definitely it. see it now that you've mentioned it mm -hmm. it's all i actually can see yeah <laughs> it's it's just a sequel to infamous it's another one <laughs> it's exactly yeah it's just <laughs> the, the spiritual successor uh and then the expanse those were the three that kind of stood out for me as like yes really cool, cool games. i the love expanse the expanse and the fact that it's being done uh deck nine i think is the developer's name uh they yeah. do uh, like the episodic kind of style games i i'm very excited for that one especially since they actually got the actress in um from the show which is amazing because <laughs> they don't yeah. always do that <laughs> yeah for sure I, i'm excited to see that one i think that's good return to monkey island it had a really funny trailer um i i'd never played the game so i don't have that nostalgia for it but Same. i thought the way that they were doing it was really funny like having that marketing guy up there doing like the whole jargon and offering pre-orders of like the horse armor if you pre-order it'll look great in your inventory like that kind of stuff I thought that like, was really smart. i'm pretty sure that's a real pre-order bonus too like i don't yeah. even think they're joking and they admit in the trailer that it's useless like you don't even have a horse in the game it just sits in your inventory yeah yeah exactly. i haven't played the games either but i i know the humor of them and that falls right in line with the humor of the games and you know what that's a perfect way of doing it because people like us who didn't play it like we're not clamoring for that but i was watching and i'm looking at this humor and i'm like this is really funny like this is kind of yeah. making me want to play the game 100 uh, speaking of humor i was watching the trailer for tortuga a pirate's tale and you know ubisoft is just like damn it like, <laughs> there's another pirate game that's exactly like ours and it also looks terrible it does it yeah the tortuga when i was seeing that one i was like Oh, I actually thought it may have been Skull and Bones for a second. And I was like, yeah. oh, this looks worse than I was expecting. But then it turned out to be yet another pirate game. And I was like, oh, I'm not excited for this. This is like Sea of Thieves. I keep getting the urge to try it mm -hmm. um, because that kind of looks like a fun sandboxy like online game. But it's because also it's not a game you'd really take too seriously. Like you're a pirate, you go around, you do your fun stuff with your friends while you chat, maybe drink a beer while you play. Oh, you but have to the other when you're playing Sea of Thieves, that's the true pirate experience. Yeah, exactly. Um, but the other ones, like it's, they seem like they're trying to be too serious. Like, oh no, you're gonna like sink ships and everything. It's like I don't want to take it too seriously. I'd rather just, if I was going to try one, just Sea of Thieves, which keeps getting all these free updates and everything too. And you know, at least the reviews are out that show that it's not a pile of crap. <laughs> so it's it's at least no, you could also it's on Game Pass like forever. So I can just yeah. play it without worrying about the financial hardship. Yeah. Uh, I'm just going to rapid fire. You tell me if it looked good or not. I'm going to go with some of the big ones. You just thumbs up, thumbs down. Just do you think it showed off well? Uh, Callisto Protocol? That one I thought was pretty cool. Um, yeah. I'm not into scary games, but... It looked good, yeah. 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 Uh, Lord of the Fallen, the new their their new game? Yeah. I mean, eh. <laughs> I mean, admitting, like, almost indifferent. Like, it looked okay, looked good. I don't have anything bad to say about it, but it's not like yeah. I'm excited for it either. Uh, we got another look at Hogwarts Legacy. Oh, How'd that I, I, I'm excited because I'm hopeful, but I'm definitely going to wait until their reviews are out to make sure it's actually good. I yeah. hope it's good. Yeah. Uh, Tales of the Borderland? Uh, I still haven't played the last one. Um, but I mean, it's a Borderlands humor, so I assume it's going to be fun. Yeah. So thumbs uh, up. Sonic Frontier be basically being sent out to die coming out yeah. before God of War. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. First of all, yes, that is definitely. And that game, like, I don't know, like as a huge Sonic fan, as you can see, yeah. uh, I'm hopeful that it's a good game, but like so far my hope is at about 3% and my doubt is at like 97%. So yeah, I guess we'll have to see. Uh, we got another trailer for uh, High on Life. That, I love Rick and Morty um, as a show, and I like the humor that they were showing in the gameplay. I just don't know if it's a game I actually want to play or more just, like, listen to the banter of. Hmm. Uh, Gotham Knights. 
Uh, hmm. The the thing is, they've been putting out a lot of like character trailers for that one, and I don't know. It looks okay, and then it looks kind of like I don't know, maybe a little boring in the combat and stuff. So I keep going back and forth on that one. So yeah. I'm gonna wait for reviews. So my question to you overall is, what's your general sense of the show? Were you impressed? Were you excited? Like, did this get you hyped up, or did it feel a bit more of a slog? Because it was a, a long show. It was a long show. I thought it was kind of too long um, as I was going through it. There's a lot of stuff they try and throw in the middle. There was, like, a few awards for, like, the most anticipated PC game and everything like that, which, like, I was kind of just fast-forwarding through those. Yeah. Uh, didn't feel necessary. I like that it was a live show on a stage and there was people there for the live reactions and stuff. Um, I thought it was actually kind of funny sometimes where Jeff was like, oh, does anybody remember Homelander? Because they're making a, a new one. And like, it was just silence in the audience because the second game was in like the 90s and they're just now making another one. I think it's called Homelander. Uh, yeah. And it was so it was like they're expecting clapping and they're just getting silence. And that kind of made me laugh because in the virtual... Uh, um, presentations they've had that was never an issue <laughs> i think they yeah. were anticipating that um i did feel it was a little too long there was a bit of filler and i don't know the uh the excitement that was there for like the the pre-covid e3s and stuff um i mean it was already kind of going down but I, I don't know it just none of these seem to have the same hype that they used to yeah and that's what i was going to kind of lean into is like now starting to get back into a post-covid world and i know it's still going on like all that stuff but like we're getting back into that we've had a couple years now where doing a, a show online isn't anything new anymore and i don't know for me i i feel like there's a lack of like the energy the excitement and the hype is gone and do you think this is a a symptom of you know covid and just we're still just not having a lot of games come out yet is it a, a matter of too many shows like what do you think is causing these lackluster performances or these not lackluster, yeah. but these these highs and lows, like these varying successes. And I don't think anything has yet captured that the excitement of what E3 was, you know, in the early to mid or the mid to late, you know, teens kind of thing. Yeah, I think one big part is just the way they were delivering it. Like before at E3, the big ones that at least I would watch would be like, all right, Microsoft has a presentation. Sony's got a presentation. Nintendo bethesda and ubisoft or something and maybe ea hmm. probably not ea but those were the big ones and yeah they'd maybe be 45 minutes to an hour and yes they'd go out on stage and make the big you know presentation about it but there was a pattern to it it was like start small and kind of build up to like these bigger reveals near the end especially right at the end it was like and hmm. now here's our big thing and it would be like a new assassin's creed or one more thing you know yeah exactly um, whereas now it just seems like they're just, all the games are kind of just like that middle area. They're not the little things right at the beginning necessarily, because some of them are kind of bigger, but there was no big announcements that we didn't already hear about. So with, yeah. you know, Sonic Frontier and, um, I don't know, it was some of the games from today, we'd already heard about them, whether it's through a leak or just the online space. Like I check, I have an RSS feed on my phone where I have all my gaming news feeds go there and I have like 400 articles from today. But like all the news is delivered to us instantly. So mm. there's no buildup unless it's literally announced there. But everything that was kept as a world premiere, none of them were just this huge monster reveal. All of those were already kind of shown. It was more like, here's another trailer. Here's a little bit more gameplay footage or whatever, where the E3s before, it was like, you'd get there, they'd announce five things from one company, like Square Enix would have their thing, and it'd be like, here's Final Fantasy fourteen, and here's, you know, this game, and here's that, and here's this, and here's that. And all of it was big, and it just felt like it was getting bigger and bigger and bigger, and it was like a 40-minute span or an hour, and it was done. Um, so I think they've just completely changed the delivery where all these companies or smaller companies have come together. You know, Jeff goes out on stage and announces all these medium kind of games like right in the middle they're you know probably triple a or double a or whatever they may be they look good but there's no like big moment and because because that's already been stolen by just being announced you know three weeks prior just on the internet through a trailer on youtube or whatever it was yeah i think that is part of the problem i think having the idea of just 
you know, we're getting leaks, we're getting like spoilers and all that kind of stuff for getting sent out to us on the internet, which definitely takes away some of that excitement. I mean, there's like, several games that were either leaked or even announced. Like, like Jeff Keighley would come online uh, on Twitter and be like, "Hey, we're having this game appear or whatever," which kind of takes away that surprise. I think yeah. it is also a matter, of, you know, games are have been impacted by COVID in terms of getting those developed. So there's probably not as much come down the pipe, but I think there's something to be said of like the format of E3 and the fact that before, like now we have developers and publishers, you know, doing streams almost every couple months, there's something going on and it's just so spread out that nobody's just like shooting their full shot kind of thing. And, and like, give like going yeah. all guns blazing. It's a slow trickle now, as opposed to, you know, blasting all the cannons kind of thing going with the whole pirate theme before when it was e3 you had five or six different you know publishers there and they would go out with everything that they had because they were competing with you know the people before them and the people after them to get that attention and so you had these people come in you had the publishers coming with you know big press conferences with big announcements to steal that show to steal that news cycle um that they're competing now that we're not doing that there's not that impetus to them for them to like go out and and do it they're just going kind of announcing stuff as they want to when they need to and it's kind of becoming lackluster whereas before there was that sort of competition to be the best in show and i and i think maybe having these kind of spread out events might be what's doing it i was like you i didn't find this it wasn't bad but it what i i don't find that we're getting a lot of those get hype moments anymore yeah oh yeah yeah and uh like you were saying um it's not like the publishers are waiting and building up to this one reveal in the year. They, mm. Like you said, they're trickling out throughout the year. So the, the PlayStation had the like elite controller or whatever at Gamescom yeah. was announced. And like, again, that would have been part of Sony's E3 presentation. And it wasn't mm. the big reveal. It was one of those things in the middle where they would show a couple games. Here's a new controller. Also, boom, here's a new God of War. And then exactly. it would like build to it, right? Yeah. Yeah. And that's the thing. Like, I mean, there's... A lot of stuff here that were good announcements and that that playstation lead controller was neat and then like i'm excited to see what it does and how it works but you know it's another you know what would be a middle a middle kind of pause in a show and i feel like a lot of these shows now are just taking those middle kind of pauses where it's exciting and it's definitely stuff that people get excited about but it's not something that's going to wow us in that yes. sense yeah exactly yeah so i don't know uh Overall, it wasn't a bad show, but I just I, I I find that as I'm watching more and more of these press conferences and the fact that there's more and more of them, that the hype for each one is starting to wane to the point that I'm not like I don't look at it like, oh, awesome. I'm excited to watch this. And I know I don't have to watch this, but like there's an excitement of like there used to be an excitement like I used to take or schedule days when I was in class to just skip and just watch E3. Now I'm like, eh, I'll watch the trailers when they come out like a little while later. And that's that's it and that's indicative of the fact that there's a lot of time where i feel bored or i'm wasting time watching this whereas before it was not the case yeah no 100 percent. yeah completely agree yeah anyways uh other news from this week uh big one that came out is that sony is getting sued uh for five billion dollars for ripping people off on playstation store so this is coming from eurogamer.net uh ed nightingale they report uh, Sony's being sued for five billion dollars, accused of ripping off, ripping people off on its online store. The legal claim is led by ex-managing director of Witch UK, Alex Neal, and was filed for the Competition Appeal Tribunal last week. It claims by charging a thirty percent commission on digital games and in-game purchases on the PlayStation Store, Sony is breaching uh, is in breach of com competition law. Sony is accused of abusing market power by imposing unfair terms and conditions on games and. Uh, developers and publishers forcing prices up for consumers, reports Sky News. Legal action states consumers have been overcharged by as much as $5 billion. Anyone in the UK who has purchased content in the store since the 19th of August 2016 is included in the claim and is potentially entitled to compensation, said to be 9 million people. Uh, this would put the estimated damages per claimant between $67 and $562, excluding interest. The 30% cut from Sony is an industry standard in line with other companies like Microsoft, Steam, and the App Store. It's unclear exactly why Sony is the sole target of this claim. Uh, so I'm not going to go into the full thing, uh, but Chris, is, is, my, is Sony in the wrong here? Are we getting ripped off by uh, the PlayStation Network, and is this unfair to developers? I mean, at this point, I think that 30% 
it could be worth to look at it, but I don't think it's specifically Sony because it is weird that they're being, you know, kind of solely looked at right here. But Valve has been looked at before. They were one of the first. I think Epic started that. Um, the Epic Game Store started that with with uh, Valve with Steam, and now has their own store, and it's like a much lower percentage and stuff. Um, then, actually, I think it was Epic again went after Apple, which then pulled in Google because again they had the same thing. Now it's Sony, uh, and it seems like you know there's one of them gets sued or the goes to court, comes back they're like, nah, you know what, the thirty percent it's their store. You know, there's nothing we can really do here. Move on. Next one gets sued, and now it's Sony's turn. Um, I guess the 30%, like when I hear it, it does sound kind of high now, kind of, I'm, I'm not a developer, obviously. And it's kind of like, if I made a game and it sold a million bucks and I had to give 300,000 away, I'd still be like, but I just made 700,000. So, I mean, I don't feel like if it was 50%, 60%, 70%, like obviously anything like that, then yeah, purely being ripped off. I think it could be. A possibility now especially with all the dlc and everything that companies come out with that maybe the 30 percent is a little high because if you think of all of the transactions that happen with so many games that 30 percent really really does add up to these stores um but i don't think anybody's getting ripped off i think it could be a little too high maybe 20 percent or something would make more sense again i'm not actually in any of the finances or in the gaming industry or a developer mm -hmm. But if it was like, all right, you know what, we've determined 30% is a little high, let's put it down to 20, and then the industry just went with 20, I'd be like, oh, good good for developers. Like, that's a good change. I'm sure everybody will still make enough money to survive here. Like, I don't imagine Sony or Nintendo or Microsoft or Valve or whoever um, wouldn't be able to survive on, a, on you know, that 20%. Um, but again, yeah, I don't think that anybody's getting ripped off. That was the standard from the beginning, um, which made sense. Um, at least, I don't know, to me it did. Um, maybe now, again, all the DLC, it doesn't. I know, though, that as soon as one of these lawsuits or whatever goes through, and Sony's, you know, told by court, like, no, you gotta only do 20%, or say they change it, something like that, it's gonna change the industry, because everybody's gonna have to follow suit. As soon as one of them caves, you know, people, like, if Sony does it, they're 20%, and everybody else is still 30, developers are gonna go over to Sony and be like, listen, we're gonna go on your platform, you're 20 and then they're going to be mad at Nintendo or Microsoft. Like, why is Sony 20 and you're still staying at 30? That's not fair. And it's just going to trickle down and to, to everything. Every app store, every eShop, all of them. Um, I, it only will take one. So maybe that's why it does keep happening. Because the industry is like, all right, we'll try one at a time. Because eventually one of them will not pass <laughs> this, uh, this lawsuit. Yeah, I feel like Sony is an obvious target of, like, the let's call it the big three consoles. Because I think... Nintendo still has a huge amount of physical. I think that's where most people buy their Nintendo stuff is through physical, mm -hmm. um, simply because it just retains its value so much. Xbox, let's be honest, no one's bought an Xbox game physically in years. Um, like no one's bought an Xbox. No one's bought an Xbox game. We're all using Game Pass yeah, on just Xbox. Game Pass, yeah, exactly. So I think Sony's really the only one, or probably the biggest one, with a digital robust system. Especially the fact that they have like the digital only console. And let's be honest, up until two months ago there wasn't really a game pass equivalent. So yeah, you were buying your stuff physically there as for like, is the 30% outrageous or a ripoff to people? I don't think so. I think that there's a lot that you don't consider when you're looking at the eShop. I mean, first of all, there could be an argument being made that, Oh, you know, it's like the Apple store or it's like Google play where you don't have a situation where, you know, you have to go through it, but you don't unless you bought the digital console, which I think I was on record saying why that was a bad idea. Like, you're not beholden to PlayStation Network to to buy the games. Like you could go to um, physical stores to buy your games there. So there's there's an, another avenue. It's not like the App Store or uh, the Play where you have to go through that one or you're not getting anything. There are workarounds, but I think there's also a lot of cost and maintenance and price that goes into hosting an online store. That I don't know know necessarily if it's fair that Sony has to pay for that. So. I mean, all those games that you're that you're purchasing off the PlayStation Network, you know, those are running on servers, and those servers aren't cheap. Not only that, but you have to maintain those servers. You have to run them twenty four seven in different, you know, in different markets. And so, like, there is a cost inherent to that running them constantly. Like, if there's a game, say, let's say for example, um, Killzone Shadowfall, the PS four 
uh, game that was a net, like that was a release game. I think you can still buy that on PS4. So that game has been on the console for almost 10 years sitting on that server. And you're maintaining that server, you're holding it, like you're running it, you're, you have to cool it, you have to upgrade it, maintain it. Like there's a lot of cost to run an online marketplace. And so I don't know if it's necessarily unfair that PlayStation says, hey, we need a cut of that. Because yeah, 30% sounds a lot. And when your game is being sold for 60, 70 bucks a pop, that's a lot. But these games do dwindle in price. And so they've been hosting Killzone Shadowfall since 2014. And it's probably now 10 bucks. And so they're not getting paid to host Shadowfall every every month or every year or whatever. And I know it's a PlayStation exclusive, whatever. But let's take it for example, right? Um, yeah. The idea that they're they're it costs them money every year, every month to host that on their PlayStation Network, and it may not get much sales. So charging that thirty percent upfront, you know, when the game is high a price, yeah, it sounds like a lot, and it is a lot. But that is they're they're making their money upfront, and that they're going to start spending it, and they're not going to have that re that revenue to cover those costs as the game goes on um, being hosted. So I don't know. I think there's a lot of costs that go into managing an online storefront that. I don't think 30% is unreasonable to host a game, especially if you're going to host it in perpetuity. Because, look, well, they had a little while ago where they were saying, hey, we're shutting down the PlayStation, I think it was PlayStation 3 and the PSP collections, and people went up in arms. And it's like, well, no one's buying this stuff. They're still paying to host it. So when they're paying that charge in that 30%, it's because they don't know when or if they can take down that store that storefront for that particular game. Yeah, oh, 100%, yeah. If anybody thinks that, you know, there should be no cut at all, if there's anything along those lines, or it should be 5%, that, that that's impossible. That makes no sense hmm. because it is definitely expensive to run all of those servers for every country that sells the PlayStation all around the world when the different currencies and all that different data and all the different stuff. And like, that's a lot. And it's not like they don't have employees that are, you know, every time they do like, all right, well, we're having a sale. we got to go in and update all these prices. You know, there's people doing that. There's there's workers. There's yeah, it's it's not cheap. Not only that, but you've got like IT people whose job it is to just sit and wait for the server yeah. to go down. And when it does, it's their job to go and fix it. Like they're computers. Those things fail. Those things don't last forever. And so they are constantly putting money. In, it is They're putting money into it no matter what. Yeah. No matter how how old the system is, they're either having to replace it or repair it, and that's not that's a constant cost. It's not something you buy once and it's set it and forget it. Yeah. So. No. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. I, I it there's definitely a cost. There's that thirty percent. I mean, if it's too high and it's like you know what, no, the industry standard should be twenty seven percent. Yeah. Sure. Fine. If that made sense, but I don't think it's far off, and and I don't think at any point it's unfair. Yeah. Um, speaking of the PlayStation Store, I want to shift to another um, topic that came up a couple of weeks ago while we were off. Uh, it's the idea that Sony's maybe taking note of the shovelware problem that they're having. There's been a bit of change on the PlayStation Store in that Sony is going to start f changing what games get announced and which come to the forefront. Uh, so this is coming from PlayStation Lifestyle. Uh, they are talking about the shovelware, and they said, as noted by NeoGAF user uh, via Xpeter, Sony seems to have updated the, how the PlayStation sorts new games by ensuring that the relevant section highlights proper games as opposed to jumping games. And these are the ones where you press X and you get a platinum trophy, as they're rightfully called. The shovelware still exists, but it's been buried a little bit further down. So when you do open the PlayStation Store app uh, or the console storefront, you're not slapped in the face with easy trophy games when browsing new releases. The PlayStation Store now ha reverted back to the best-selling games as the default sorting. Um, so, first of all, Chris, let's let's confirm: Does Sony and let's put it, let's be honest, Nintendo and Nintendo and Xbox, you know, all those e-stores that we've been talking about this this week, do they have a problem? Like, is there a problem with bloatware? Are they getting buried in shovelware? I think that there is a bunch of shovelware just on the systems for sure i see it especially in the nintendo eShop, but that's because of the way that the eShop displays its discounted games its game deals mm -hmm. it's just maybe the first three that show up are like first party nintendo games or something but then everything after that i have no idea what the order is it's just it's it's the wild west when it comes to that but 
you'll see so much stuff and it'll be like, oh, 1,300 games are on sale. And it's the only way you can really look through them. And you'll see so much stuff where it's like, oh, it's only 99 cents and it's on sale for the next three months. And it's normally, you know, $20. It's like, oh, okay. So clearly they, you know, put this on sale all the time because they actually just want to sell that $1. And it's this stupid little game that probably takes an hour to play and beat and it's done. Um, I've seen some on the PlayStation Store as well. I don't see them brought to the forefront or anything like that, especially compared to the Nintendo eShop or especially compared to Steam. Steam, obviously, being a PC platform for a bad point there, like in the new releases and stuff. There'd be like one good AAA game and in the same day, like 45 really low quality, like bloatware, whatever games are thrown in there. I think all of the uh, the e-stores have them on there. Um, but though I would have to give kudos to Sony that I don't really see it brought to the forefront of the store ever unless I go to like view everything on sale and I scroll that long that all of a sudden I'm seeing like, oh, I've gone too far. Yeah, I, I find especially when it comes to sales and you're totally right that it is. Nintendo definitely has this problem, but Sony does as well in that there is a lot of... There's a lot of problems in, in the stores and that it's hard to find things. Things get there's a lot of shovelware. You get like a lot of Unity projects that kind of especially like a little while ago when you had like the Roblox kind of clones and stuff where it's just that yeah. square look like there's a lot of bloatware on, on PlayStation and, and all the stores, to be honest. It's not a PlayStation exclusive problem. And I think to be honest, it's it's a double edged sword. One, it makes me not want to it cheapens and it makes me not want to try these smaller games because if there's so many of them and like they can't all be good quality. And so you lose that sort of like Nintendo used to have a, like that seal of quality that like, yes. Hey, this is a good game. Like we can attest to it where they all No, but like there was a certain aspect that, you know, that there's been some assurance that this is a decent, competent game. Whereas now it's just garbage. Like there is just so much out there that I being on the PlayStation network, being on the Nintendo eShop, being on steam, is not a guarantee anymore that there's some level of polish or completion to this game. It, it literally can put anything on there. And so me as a consumer, it one makes it harder for me to navigate your store, but also like, I don't want to play these games and I don't want to spend my money because I can't differentiate what is good and what is not from a developer standpoint. I also am not a big fan of this because the ones out there who are putting effort, who are putting real time and effort into their games, they're getting lost in a sea of mediocrity and crap. Yes. And so the, the, the good indie games, like the ones who are talented and making effort and put, and, you know, maybe not having a perfect game, but have put some time and effort in, into making something of quality. It's now getting lost in the ether and that it's not standing out um, or, or it's not giving its time to shine. You're literally throwing it into, you're throwing a bucket of water into an ocean and it just dissipates. So I think both sides, it's, it's a problem and I think that it needs to be rectified. So my question to you is like, what would you like, how does something, someone like Sony or a Nintendo rectify this? Yeah, it's tough because in order to actually go in and have a look at everything, like you'd have to get a human to go in mm -hmm. and actually play the games or if a game's being released, have somebody actually look at it before it's put on the store and everything. Mm -hmm. um, kind of like that Nintendo seal of quality that they used to have. You know, that's really what I guess they should have been doing. But I understand why they weren't, because if you have like 2000 games applications a day that hmm. developers and because it's like probably not all great games, but you get all the shovelware and everything thrown in there. You, how are you going to have a team of people looking over that many games every single day and making sure that they're good before they end up on the store? So I understand why they didn't at first do that or, hmm. or probably still aren't doing it now. But that makes it really hard on what to do going forward because there's so much already in there. So there's kind of two problems. There's the new ones being added and the ones that are already in there and need to kind of be filtered out. I'm assuming the easier thing would be to just start filtering them somehow using some sort of algorithm or something. It finds a game that's, um, you know, uh, that has average play time or average like trophy or achievement unlock time or something like that. You know, if a game, most people have only played it for 20 minutes. They have the platinum trophy and that's the last they ever played it. Probably some sort of like a bloatware kind of thing. So they can, you know, push that. I'm sure they can't kick it off the store, but at least they can create like another heading um, and have it kind of pushed back. 
you know, push it. So when there is a sale, at least that's everything you just see at the bottom. That way, it's yeah. if you're scrolling through, once you hit that stuff, you're like, oh, I'm done. This is as far as I go. I'm not going any further. So it, they're still there, but at least they're pushed all the way to the bottom. Because I don't see how to get rid of them. They're already on the store. Um, and I don't know how to kind of filter everything going on because you'd need an actual person to check it before it gets released. And I think that's just a really big ask, like financially, to hire that many people to just do that only. Yeah, I'm kind of with you. I think, like, one, no, you can't filter through every single game. What I'd like to see them do is almost do something akin to, like, a trusted partner sort of thing, a trusted developer. So have it that, you know, if you've made games for, you know, this system before, you have a couple successes, people generally like it, you know, you could apply to become a trusted partner. And so that way you can filter games by, hey, here's our trusted partners. And it could be anything from like a Konami. And like, I know it's probably a weird choice, but like have a Bioware, have your Ubisoft, like have those ones where it's like, hey, you know what? These are legitimate game companies making games. You can argue the quantity or the quality and all that stuff. But and then here are some, you know, up and coming developers who maybe you don't know, but like we've they've made some games, they've been successful, they've sold uh, a significant amount and like there's a genuine sense of quality. And then there's the unfiltered. Like this can be anything from, you know, Billy in grade 11 programming class made a uh like an asteroids clone to here's your trophy hunting sort of spam games. It's a wild west. You don't know what you're getting. There could be some good, there could be some bad, but it's you are out there on your own. And that way you can kind of filter. And what would happen is, is that after you've ha- published X amount of games, um, and once again, you can't spam it and be like, hey, I've released six games this year because that's not possible. But if you said, hey, yeah. <laughs> I've, released, I've released three games in the last three years or something like that, uh, and I have X amount of, you know, sales or, you know, game played or whatever you can then apply to be a trusted partner at which point you get that sort of sony steel of approval where it's not hey we've guaranteed that this particular game is but here is a developer who has a track record of showing that they are making quality games that are not just bloated and then that way consumers like you and i can kind of decide are we feeling to explore and find out up and coming developers or are we looking for someone who maybe has a little pedigree and can kind of has shown it that they can do some stuff that's kind of what i'd like to see I honestly, I hadn't thought of that idea and that's genius because the only other idea I had was like some sort of a user-based review system (laughs) where you can actually post like, oh, this is bloatware. Like on Steam, I know they've got like the different tags you can apply and it's the users that do it. But I can see again how people would, you know, not like that uh, there's a female lead on a new Square Enix game. (laughs) So they go in and they tag it as bloatware and enough people do it, it gets screwed up in the system. Users will not always be good. Yeah, I think what it is is like I like your algorithm idea, and I think that's the way you have to do it, that there's a certain amount of algorithm involved that you have to hit certain benchmarks that can be just designed by a computer system to con- to validate. And then once you hit those metrics, then you can pay to apply to have someone at Sony go through your games and just say, like, yep, this is someone who has a certain pedigree that we want to – that we recognize as a trusted developer. And we kind yeah. of give them that stamp of approval that, you know, we – stand by the quality of their games. Yeah, I, I really like that. Because if it's instead of trying to tackle one game at a time, it's the developer. Because if you get like an Ubisoft, perfect, you're good. If it's either developed or published by them, you're good to just release it. You can know it's trusted. It's going to be in the quality. Whereas yeah. it's not like, you know, whoever made Shovel Knight isn't obviously going in and making bloatware also on the side, like, haha, we got them, right? <laughs> like there's the good developers and then there's the developers just doing the bloatware. So going by the developer would be a lot easier. Yeah, I don't know. That's just how I'd like to see it be done. So, yeah. Uh, continuing with the theme of storefronts uh, this week, um, I want to go back to a couple weeks ago. We were talking about the uh, report that came out as a result of uh, Brazil's Administrative Council for Economic Defense talking about the acquisition of Blizzard uh, by Xbox. And they had a bunch of developers and publishers kind of respond, including Sony. Uh, and so Microsoft fired back, uh, complaining that uh, claiming that Sony pays developers for blocking rights in return for them agreeing not to put their content on Xbox Game Pass. Um, so this is coming from Video Game Chronicles uh, by Chris Scullion. So 
They write, as part of a document sent to Brazil's Administrative Council for Economic Defense, to justify its proposed acquisition of Activision Blizzard, the Xbox firm claimed that Sony actively attempted to inhibit growth of Game Pass by trying to prevent content uh, appearing on it. The comments are part of Microsoft's response to Sony's claim to the Brazilian body, which makes much of its uh, responses public, that Xbox acquiring Call of Duty would be anti-competitive. They say, considering the exclusive strategies that have been the core of Sony's strategy to strengthen its presence in the games industry, and that Sony is a leader in the distribution of digital games, Sony's concern with the possible exclusivity of Activision content is incoherent to say the least, Microsoft claims. Uh, so basically what they're saying, um, it claims Microsoft's ability to continue to expand Game Pass has been obstructed by Sony's desire to inhibit such growth. Sony pays for blocking rights to prevent developers from adding content to Game Pass and other competing subscription services. Uh, so, and I think there was a, a comment being made that uh, Cult of the Lamb was actually um, Sony paid to have that not be, a, a, or not to be appear on Game Pass. And so... Chris, is this Sony being anti-competitive? Does this kind of defeat their argument of Xbox putting Call of Duty exclusive? Like, what do you make of this? Do you, do you think it's a justified decision for PlayStation to pay to have keep things off Game Pass? Or does this make them hypocrites with their concern that Activision's going? If this is actually what Sony is doing, I mean, I don't personally like it because I wouldn't want any of... I think that games should just be on everything. Like hmm. if it's on Game Pass and on the PlayStation Store and on the Switch, if I mean, obviously, depending on hardware and quality, if it's a triple A huge game, it can't be on the Switch. But I, I don't like things being locked behind being one platform unless it's something that they started, obviously, themselves. Like God of War being on PlayStation makes sense. They have their own studio. They make games for their own system, of course. Um, but just paying for it to be not on another system or another store or something like that, another service... I don't really like that personally. Um, it's not like I think they're necessarily doing anything wrong. I think it's more just kind of like bad business. Because, of course, if you if it comes out that they're doing that, maybe some developers or some consumers won't like it. And obviously it could go against them. Um, I, I'm not sure if it was confirmed that the, they are, in fact, actually doing this. I'm assuming it's true just because if Microsoft is saying that, then that would make sense. Um, but yeah, like it kind of, it's funny because they were like, oh, Call of Duty is not going to be on our system anymore. You know, Microsoft, you know, you suck. Um, but it's kind of like, I don't know, are they, did they all, were they already doing this? And then it's, or are they now doing it because of Microsoft buying, you know, Bethesda and Activision and Sony's getting scared. So instead of, you know, acquiring more studios themselves or something, they're like, okay, well, let's use our money, lock some stuff out of their service to make our service look a bit better. I can't tell if it was like something they're already doing or a reaction thing. Either way, I don't I don't think it's great. Um, I mean, I'm not overly hurt because Game Pass seems to still have a lot of good stuff. And I would just hope that if they're paying it for something to not be on Game Pass, then it better be on PlayStation Extra because they have to make that still be good in order for anybody to stay subscribed to it. But I don't know. It's kind of a tough one. It, I have to admit, this one is a, a little bit of a tough one for me. So one thing I'm just going to add right there, because you did say like you hope it goes on extra because you want them to succeed. One thing that Microsoft did claim in the report is that they claim that Sony does not want attractive subscription services to threaten its dominance in the digital distribution market for console games, arguing, in other words, Sony rails against the introduction of new monetization models capable of challenging its business model. Oh, see, yeah, no, I don't like that at all. Yeah, because it's kind of like, well, you know, listen, if you want your game on the PlayStation Store, then you can't have it on Xbox Game Pass. Like, I understand being like, listen, we want it on PlayStation Extra, but then we don't also want it on Game Pass. So we'll buy the rights for it to be on our service. I can kind of see that one. I think they're just kind of actually saying, hey, we're going to pay you to not put it on Game Pass. And then that way it becomes an equal playing field in terms of you can buy it on PSN or you can buy it on Xbox marketplace. Oh yeah. That's so because, ooh. because they don't have like, obviously, and I don't think anyone's arguing that PlayStation extra or, or whatever the hell the next one is. No one actually does that one. No one <laughs> thinks that they are equivalent services. And so I think PlayStation is trying to, instead of climb up to compete with Microsoft on the game pass, they're trying to pull it down and say, no, we're playing down in our area where, you're still buying your games more Ooh, often than that's, not. 
Yeah, that's shady business. I don't know. That seems kind of weird. Because then does Microsoft come back to developer? Like, no, listen, they're going to pay you 500000 to go on no service. We'll give you 600000 to go on Game Pass. And it just becomes like a bidding war for games to either be on a streaming service or not. I don't know. That's that's kind of interesting. See, I, I definitely see how this is anti-consumer in, in the strictest mm-hmm. sense. But like... I don't think this is much different than what it was before. I mean, like we've always had these console wars and you think of, uh, was it, uh, was it rise of the tomb Raider or shadow of the tomb Raider? The second oh, one and that yes. one was like an Xbox exclusive, right? Timed exclusive on the Xbox. Like, is this much different from that where they say, Hey, we're going to pay you a certain amount to not immediately release on impasse. Like, I think there's a, a good argument to be made that like Sony and Microsoft are still competing but in different ways like they have different strategies now uh xbox is going more the service route and playstation is still very much in the traditional and albeit i am the old man and i still like the old i buy my games and i own my games i'm not looking for a subscription service where they're trying to get you to buy the game and just buy it once and pay for it and so for them to go out and say hey we want to keep it so that people can buying it from our store so i i don't think there's anything wrong i can see how it's sucks for the consumer and for those who are on game pass but i don't think this is any different from when companies used to go in and buy exclusivity or timed exclusive dlc exclusives we've had that for years i mean yes call of duty did that with xbox and then they did it with playstation like you've always had these deals where it's like get it first on this or get this bonus if you go on here i think this is just a continuation of it does it suck sure because but i think sony has to because if they say well you can buy it from us or for the same price you pay for it like i think of cult of the lamb 20 30 dollar game that's the price of a month of place of game pass that it's like why would i buy it on playstation if i have an xbox too so like they're trying to go for that middle ground either the people who have both or they're trying to pull people from microsoft or keep them from going to microsoft and i think does it suck? Yes, but I think this is just how exclusivity works when you have two people playing on the same board game, but they're playing a different, but they're playing by different rules. Yeah, yeah, completely. And I can see how for developers, one, it could get confusing, but two, it's kind of like say they're offered, you know, six hundred thousand dollars to go on Game Pass and only five hundred thousand to go not on Game Pass with PlayStation. Mm-hmm. I can see how a developer even would be kind of torn on what to do there too, because if you don't go on Game Pass, that means you'll only do the sales instead of it being on a subscription service. So you get the 500,000 plus a lot more sales versus the 600,000 on a subscription service and then like less sales on other platforms. So Yeah, but then you also like from the developer standpoint, I mean, I would imagine and I don't have numbers here, but I'd imagine it's a no brainer that if they said, hey, we're going to give you 500,000 to not go on Game Pass. You now have the sales with the 30% cut from Sony. Uh, you have it from their <laughs> PlayStation store. That's called a, that's called a, a callback. Uh, so you, you have those sales. And then what ends up happening is, you know, six months, eight months, whenever your contract's up, you then go to Microsoft and be like, hey, our contract's up. You want to pay us to, to go on Game Pass now? And Microsoft say, probably, yeah. We're not yeah, going to pay you as much. But, like, we'll still give you, you know, a third of what we were going to give you a year ago. Like, and now they're double dipping. They're playing both against each other. Yeah. As a developer, this could be fun, but as a consumer, yeah, this is not fun as a consumer. Oh yeah. We're the ones that are totally (laughs) getting screwed over by this, but yeah, I don't like from the business perspective, I totally see why everyone is doing what they're doing. And I can see why Sony is crying. Like, I feel this is the thing I hate. I feel like Sony's whining about, Oh, we're going to lose the exclusivity of call of duty. It's too important. We can't let that happen. Sorry, Sony. Like, Microsoft just played a hand and they 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 had a, a good a good hit and now you're crying that oh we're like this isn't fair. No, they're we're both playing the same game and they're just they got a system. If you liked it, should have put a ring on it. You should have bought it yourself. Like yep. Microsoft has that kind of money that they can throw it around and Sony doesn't. Sony has great studios and I don't know necessarily you know, we've talked about how important it is, but like Sony Sony built up a lot of its studios from the ground up and Microsoft is just acquiring them a different strategy and it sucks that we're not getting new stuff like it sucks that they're taking stuff away but like if that was if it was that important to Sony you know I'm sure they had talks about this like they should have like it's just the way it is this is the 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 corporate game that they're playing Oh yeah 100% yeah it's yeah it's it's a really interesting time I would say for, for gaming and everything, because before it was just, you know, which if you made a game for a Sega Genesis versus super Nintendo, like it plugged into one system, you were done. 
there wasn't a lot of like acquisitions and all that kind of stuff. Now, like the playing field's a whole different ball game, hmm. whole different. Because if Microsoft didn't make Game Pass, I don't know what Microsoft would be doing right now. Like, I don't. I'm sure people would still buy some Xboxes and still be playing some games on it, like probably get mm-hmm. the Halo and stuff, but they would not be having the numbers that they're having right now. I don't think at least. Oh, I completely so, agree with you. Yeah. They just played a good hand. Yeah. Yeah. The, it's working for them. And it, it, we're in a situation where you've got two different ways of doing things. Sony is the traditional way. And there are, are people like myself who like that traditional way of doing it. But Xbox is the future of, you know, probably what games are going to be like. We saw it with Netflix and it's going to happen with with gaming here. And like it's it's the disruption is what's going to throw them off. And like they have to figure out how they adapt and how they re- respond. And this is just the growing pains of that. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. Uh, well, let's wrap it up. That's everything we had on the docket. Uh, Chris. I don't know if Adam's ever complained about this on your show, Cartridges and Quarters, but we play a little game here every week called Trophy Stumpers. So oh, I've I listened get... to you guys play Trophy oh, Stumpers. Oh, yeah? What's your, I try, what's... And play, try and play along, and I suck, so I'm not... <laughs> <laughs> Alright, well, I've got ten trophies for you. You have two guesses. You can guess at any time. Uh, those of you listening, you guys can uh, play along and see if you can get it before Chris does. Uh, let's get going. So, first trophy... Taking inventory. That could be too many things. There's too many okay. things that have inventory. No, not yet. Cow tipper. What? Third one is time to mine. Fourth is on a roll. Hey, Fifth. I'm going to. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. What, what, do you, what do you got? What do you got? I was going to say um, Deep Rock Galactic. It is not Deep Rock okay. Galactic. Uh, okay, so, so far we, ha- we have Taking okay. Inventory, Cow Tipper, Time to Mine, On a Roll, When Pigs Fly, this is Sniper Duel. Sniper Duel? Yep. Oh, okay. What, what, what do you got? What, what kind of like... Where's your head going? What kind of and now I'm th- well, I started going. I'm stuck on the stupid tipping cows. Um, I started to think of Destroy All Humans 2 or whatever that or remake or whatever had just come out. And ugh, but no, as soon as there was like sniper duel, okay. Uh, number seven, uh, it's a sign. Mm. Number eight, getting wood. Okay, wait. No. You want you want me to go over the trophies again? No, I have another oh, getting wood. So we got taking inventory, cow tipper, time to mine, on a roll, and pigs uh when pigs fly, sniper duel, it's a sign, getting wood. The sniper duel. That one, because I was going to say like Assassin's Creed Odyssey or something like that, or one of the games where you're collecting wood or maybe Valhalla. Mm-hmm. But the sniper duel doesn't make sense now. What? Uh, number number nine know. is renewable energy. Okay. And number 10. Like... Oh, sorry, go ahead. What were you thinking? Where, so, where it you sounds going? like like Fortnite or something now with like the random things thrown in there. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> Uh, number 10, Iron Man. Iron Man, okay. So we've got, I'll, I'll, I'll go in reverse or maybe I'll trip, that'll get you something. So we have Iron Man, Renewable Energy, Getting Wood, It's a Sign, Sniper Duel, When Pigs Fly, On a Roll, Time to Mine, Cow Tipper, and Taking Inventory. Uh, Iron Man. Adam, I mean, are you? Did it, you look is up, it? Oh. Is it the Avengers game? No, it is not. Say, Adam, I were would... you looking at the trophies, or you get? Or do you have a guess? You know, as I accidentally hit the full screen thing because I was laughing really, really hard. This would have been the fastest one for me because I knew the answer to this by two. Okay, oh. what do you think it is? It's Minecraft. It is Minecraft. <laughs> oh, oh, that actually makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah. I figured like uh, there was some that were obvious there. Like I was trying to get you like what game has mining cows and pigs. The sniper duel was a little bit of a throw, like to kind of throw you off a little bit. Cause I 
felt like a couple of those were easy. Um, what is the sniper tool? See, the problem is, is Chris, unfortunately, I don't think he's ever played Minecraft. I still haven't gotten no. it. I still haven't suckered How have yet. you never played Minecraft? It's installed so I can actually play with him one day, but we just never have yet. I mean, I've seen a lot of Minecraft. I should have known that. I even played the Telltale series. The wait, story wait, wait. Mode. So you played the Minecraft <laughs> Telltale game, but you've never opened up Minecraft? Priorities. You are, you are like, you are like one, per, like, top one percent in terms of like people who've done that because i, I don't think there's a lot know, chris minecraft dungeons is still on game pass you should probably get that one in too before you play minecraft <laughs> is there any other like story mode version of minecraft games I'm, coming out i, I could think just play they're that supposed day. to be producing another one as we speak there is another one i can't think of the name of it that game Mine. is fantastic but i mean i do want to play minecraft and i should have freaking noticed this like wood mining in in hindsight, yeah, it's one of those like once you once you hear it, you're like, oh yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, no, honestly, you should definitely play Minecraft. Like, go go buy it, go download it, whatever. That is the perfect game just to keep on your hard drive. Because if you ever like feel like playing a video game, but you don't want to get caught up with something, it is the best game to just chill out and zen with and just build. Like whether you're doing the survival mode or whether you're doing it, like it is. It's really like the perfect the perfect Zen game. You throw in a podcast or you just chill out and just listen to the music and just build. It is so much it's so relaxing. It's very therapeutic. All right. I'm gonna I have it installed on my PC. I'm gonna throw it also on the Xbox and then mm-hmm. that way, no matter where I am, eventually I'm gonna see it and be like, all right, you know what? Today's the day. Yeah. I'm gonna mine, honest- I'm gonna mine some craft. And I play it with some friends, but it's honestly just as much fun playing it by yourself and just sort of like, hey, I'm going to build like, a, like, I still remember what my island looks like. And it just was like a hole in the ground at first. And then it became more and more and build a deck and get the materials. Such a fun little, little game to play. And like, you can just play it for half an hour, shut it off and then go do something else and come back. It's, it's fantastic. Now I have to get all those trophies for it too. So I know I got to knock over a cow. Oh, yeah. there, there are achievements within Minecraft that you can get. Yeah what uh so just oh. for context the uh the one that threw you off the sniper let me see if yes. I can find it real quick that was essentially sniper duel kill a skeleton with an arrow from more than 50 meters oh dang it see if it had referenced maybe the bow and arrow to come back to it uh <laughs> also like i said i suck at that game when i play along when you guys are doing when i'm listening to the podcast i'm like oh it's this and it'll be like sly cooper and i'm like what i was my guess was like Project Cars. How the hell? <laughs> awesome. I mean, to be fair, uh, I couldn't fun. get I couldn't get Mass Effect friggin' two. So you know. Oh, and all, after all the shit talking you did, like it was just like Chef's kiss. Mwah. Yeah, especially you, Adam. You should you should definitely be able to get my uh, Mass Effect two. We've been through this. That trophy list was way more complicated than I remember. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Not so is Minecraft. Mass- <laughs> not a true not a true mass effect fan i get it so okay well that's bioware's fault not mine <laughs> <laughs> cool well chris thank you so much for joining us uh you want to do a quick plug for your show with adam uh yeah like you should definitely check out the sister show uh cartridges and quarters we're really 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 good at bashing square enix uh it's our favorite thing to do uh, but it's also Square's fault with that. Let's be honest. They keep releasing crap or doing crap as a business. Um, but yeah, it's a fun show where it's not a lot of recent news, obviously, because there's only so many retro collections that can get announced. Um, and we were like thinking maybe the premium PlayStation Plus plan would have boosted conversation about PlayStation retroness. And guess what? PlayStation's not actually followed through with that either. Um, but yeah, if you feel like just talking about some retro games and instead of listening to the complicated current news of video games and just want to talk about the time that Sonic released another, you know, collection of its games for the 900th time and how awesome they're probably not anymore because of, again, current <laughs> Sega versus old. Yeah, definitely check us out. It's a lot of fun. Um, yeah, the you know, the past is fun, too. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Ladies and gentlemen, if you want to send in your own uh, ideas or suggestions for trophy stumpers, you can email us at pixelplaypodcast at gmail.com or you can find us on our socials by searching for pixelplaycast. We are on uh, Instagram and Twitter. We also have a Discord if you want to join us there. Talk to fellow fans and ourselves. We'd really appreciate that. 
Uh, and if you are listening to us and you have not subscribed, please go ahead and subscribe to us on YouTube. We greatly appreciate that. And leave us a view review wherever you are listening. Uh, thanks again for joining us. We'll see you guys next week. So long as uh, Adam recovers and doesn't get worse from the coronavirus. Ladies and gentlemen, that's been our show. Have a great week.